Turn with me to Mark the ninth chapter, please, this evening. Mark chapter 9. We uh, have been on a series when I've been with you entitled, How to Receive Anything. And our main text has been this Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9 and verse uh, 23 Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Who said it? The head of the church, the master. All things are possible to him that believes. All things. That means the things that look like they're impossible actually are possible. If you'd believe the things that look to be too far gone, too late, too hard, can't be fixed. The Bible says with God all things are possible. And also here to him that believes. All things are possible. What if your finances were in the biggest mess? (laughs) Is it possible that you could get completely clear of your problems and Pay everything off and catch everything up and be ahead? Be in the best shape you've ever been in financially? Is that possible? I said, is that possible? I want to hear some. Is it possible for everybody? No. No. Only those that believe. (laughs) If you really believe, there's no way there's no hope, it can never be fixed, then you're stuck. The Lord himself is hindered from helping you because you won't believe what he said, won't agree with him. I believe I'm in a house full of a bunch of believers, though, not not skeptics and, and doubters. So if you believe it's possible, then for you, it is. What if your body was just in an awful shape? In the last stage of this or that, best specialist around said there's no hope, there's no help for you. Is it possible? Is it possible to recover anyhow? To completely recover? Some people get upset when you start talking about these things. They go, oh, no, you ought not give people false hope. Build up their hopes. I didn't write this. This was here a long time. Before I came along. So I reckon you'd be talking to Jesus. About giving people false hope. Because he's the one who said it. Or is it really true? Is it really true? That there have been case after case. Of people that were uh, considered hopeless and terminal, that have completely recovered and lived a long, full life. I was talking to Phyllis, was looking at a situation just uh, this week of somebody that uh, they told them that they had a, a bad heart and they needed to get out of their profession because they probably wouldn't live uh, much longer, maybe a few months. So they did change professions and sure enough, 55 years later, 
They went home. And they were middle-aged when that happened. (laughs) Well, you can't believe everything you hear. You shouldn't just accept any and everything, even if it's, you know, there's something legitimate to it or if it's something real. We serve a God who can change things that are real. Right? And maybe in, you know, so many cases that is the way it went. But it is possible for it to go a different way with you if you'd believe. Sit out loud. All things are possible to those that believe. And I believe. Glory. Let's, uh, let's release our faith in prayer. And then let's, you believe with me for utterance for the rest of this, okay? Father, we submit ourselves before you and we say the teacher tonight is not man, but the Holy Spirit. And we're asking together and agreeing is touching this thing, asking for every one of us to have eyes that see, ears that hear, hearts that are open and receptive. We're asking you to give us answers to questions that we need answers to right now, direction for right now. And the days coming, the immediate direction, and the utterance, and the anointing that teaches, and the anointing that ministers. We're asking you, Lord, to move in our midst by your Holy Spirit, and your holy angels, and your holy word to have free course to move, and to work, and deliver, and to heal, and to touch. We ask you for it. We believe you for it. We thank you in advance for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody said out loud, be it unto me, according to your word, O Lord, I'll believe it, I'll receive it, and I'll do it. Amen. Then you'll, you'll have great things happen for you. Go with me to Matthew 7, please. We'll see things that we've touched and covered already in this series. If you weren't with us in the previous services, you can still uh, get them. You can go online and download the previous messages. You can go, if you're in the building, you can go back here to the Word Supply and uh, get the CD or DVD. It won't cost you anything. You can get the whole thing. Of course, uh, uh, no cost, no charge means no excuse for not knowing it, not Not getting it, not understanding it. And it will help you. This is very important. Matthew 7, I want us to begin in verse 1. And uh, just read down for a bit. He said, judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. You know, uh, judging is not discerned by many. Oftentimes it starts off with words like, I would never. (laughs) I just don't think they should have done that. Well, I'm not judging. Of course you are. (laughs) Sure you are. A lot of Christians believe you shouldn't judge. But they're doing it right and left and they're not calling it that. A whole lot of things when it comes to other people and what they've done and what they hadn't done. A whole lot of things you should have no opinion on. No comment on. Why? Because you're not their judge. That's between them and the Lord. 
And one of the biggest reasons why you shouldn't judge is you're absolutely not qualified. You don't know what happened leading up to that situation. You don't know what was really in their heart. You, you, there's just so much you don't know. Maybe you know what's, what's right. Maybe you know what the Word says. But uh, so many times you just need to rejoice that you're not the judge. And you don't have to make a call on it. And that's between them and the Lord. And you love them and want them to do good, whatever the case is. Right? And if it was all bad and wrong, well, you want to see them get delivered and get restored and come out. and You don't have to judge. Why beholdest the mote that's in your brother's eye and consider not the beam that's in your eye? How will you say to your brother, let me pull out that moat, and behold, a beam is in your own eye. You hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of your own eye, and then you shall see clearly to cast out the moat out of your brother's eye. Give not that which is holy to the dogs, neither cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under uh, their feet, and turn again and rend you. Ask, and it shall be given you. Now, This was the second step that we covered in how to receive anything. The first step was what? Find out the will of God. You're not ready to ask till you got that. Step one was find out the will of God. Step two was ask. What was step three? That's the next one. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. So Uh, Step two was ask, step three was seek, step four was knock. Knock is action. Knock and it shall be opened to you for everyone that asks receives. He that seeks finds and to him that knocks it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish will he give him a serpent? If you then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your father which is in heaven... Give good things to them that ask him. Skip on down to verse 24. He said, Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that hears these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Now that whole passage is dealing with what? Doing what he tells you to do. Right? Being a doer. James talks about this. You can just uh, hold your place there in Matthew. Turn over to James. James chapter 2 and verse 17. Said faith without works is what? Dead. Faith must have action. Corresponding actions. And if you'll back up to the first chapter, James 1, James 1 verse 22 says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. 
Now this is such a, a tremendous word. And it, it has application to us continuously. What happens when you don't do what you hear and know? You wind up deceived. Being deceived is one of the worst states you can be in. Why? Because if you're deceived, you believe something is so that's not. If you knew it wasn't right, you wouldn't be deceived. You become convinced of something that's not true and not right. You're deceived. And what was the cause of it? You didn't do what you heard and what you knew. The enemy's out to deceive us. You know that, don't you? He's out to deceive us. He's out to steal from us, kill, destroy in our lives. And this is one of the main weapons that he he uses. is subtlety, trickery, deception. He's a liar and a deceiver. He's always trying to lie to us, trick us, and deceive us. But he's not bigger than God, right? And we're not ignorant of his devices. We're talking about them right now. We're aware of these things. And if we would listen to the Lord and listen to his word, listen to his spirit, he would always have us ahead of the enemy's tricks and traps, right? He would direct us, do this, and we'd do it, and we would avoid three years of the devil's planned attack just by going over here and sitting over here. He'd deal with us, don't do that, so we wouldn't do it. And, and the devil would be pulling his hair going, yes, you've got to come through here. We're going, no, we're not coming through here. And we would miss a whole trap and snare. And even when there were storms, big storms, where the floods rise and cover everything around, where the wind blows and the trees are laying down, still... If we would do what he told us to do. When the wind quit and the rain stopped, we'd be standing there with just a few drips falling off. But we're standing there, solid, unmoved, unscathed. Is it true? Who does this happen for? Only one group. Not not just meeting goers. Not just ameners. Not note takers nor CD players. Or convention goers. Come on, are you listening to me? Huh? Who does this, who does this happen for? Only those who actually do what he said. Be doers of the word, verse 23, and not hearers only. Deceive in your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer... He's likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass, or we'd say mirror. He beholds himself and goes his way and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. Now, this reveals something about spiritual things. We are spirit beings. God is spirit. His word is spirit. But we live in this flesh. And being carnal means you are mostly are totally aware of the natural and not aware of the spirit. Being spiritual means you are 
as aware of the spirit or more aware of the spirit than you are the natural. Sadly, most folks, even most Christians, are barely aware of spiritual things. Almost completely engrossed with this natural, physical, and mental and intellectual world. Carnal. And you'll find this description is perfect, obviously, of what happens when the Lord gives you precious spiritual things. You'll see it. And you can see it clearly. But then if you don't do something about it, you can immediately forget it and let it get away from you. Now, if you've been walking with the Lord for any length of time, you've experienced this. <laughs> I know this happened to me. This has happened to me too many times. I'm almost embarrassed to tell you how many times this happened to me. Actually, don't know. <laughs> that the Lord has shown me something. And it was so good. And it was so wonderful. And it was so clear. A thought came across my mind, especially years ago. You know, write that down. And I thought, I don't need to. I mean, that's as plain to me as the nose on my face. It's like when you're standing there looking in the mirror, you see it plain as day. There it is. But do you know what happened next? Huh? <laughs> I, I went on about my business and I did this and I did that. And, and then I was, I was going to rejoice some more about that amazing thing that he showed me. And I thought, huh? What was it? What do you mean, what was it? You knew it like you knew your own name ten minutes ago. What was it? And could not even remember it. Anybody beside me ever experienced that? Come on. Why? Why did that happen? Because it's spiritual. And you were more aware of a spiritual thing. You were more in the spirit than you realized. And you get back in the flesh and it's gone from you. Because it wasn't natural. It wasn't mental. It was spiritual. That's why it's good nowadays. You know, you, our phones have these recorders on them. I'm using mine all the time. So nice and convenient. I just push that little button and talk into it. And I got it. And I hadn't lost things recently like I did in times past. Because they're precious. In fact, the Lord said to me one time, I was in a time of prayer, and it had been something I'd been looking for an answer for for a long time, and he gave it to me. It was just as plain as could be. It was I was shouting over it. And then I got up, and I'm leaving there, and, uh, and the Lord spoke, the Spirit of God spoke to me. He said, you don't value that enough to even take a moment and write it down? I thought, ooh, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. And I went back. And it's true. We need to value these things. We, we didn't think this up. We didn't figure this out. This was a gift to us. Come on, are you listening? And if the Lord tells you something... It needs to matter enough to us that we treasure it, we record it, we remind ourselves of it, and number one, most importantly, we do it. And can you see if you recorded it and immediately begin to try to implement it or make plans to implement it, then you're not going to forget it. But if you don't, you just casually 
push it aside and go, well, now that's great, that's wonderful. And, you know, I need to look at that some more. And, and we need to pray about that sometime. And maybe sometime we need to, uh-uh, you will lose it. I said, you will lose it in the process of time. And here is the danger. What happens when you don't do it? What will happen in the process of time is you'll be having problems. You'll, you'll be having deficiencies in areas. You'll be having frustration and challenges. And you will think you don't know the answer. And the Lord hadn't heard your prayer and hasn't helped you. And he did. He already has. You'll be looking for the answer. And you already got it. Now, there are millions in that place all over the world tonight and today. And probably every person in this room has done this. But it's dangerous. Why? Because then now you're looking for the answer, looking for the answer, praying fast and asking everybody you know. You can go on like this for decades. Did you hear me, friends? Why? You know, what Phyllis and I are noticing more and more, if you listen and pay attention, we asked the Lord something this past week about some meeting and ministry. We were riding down the road in the car down there in Florida. And uh, I said, well, you know, we, have we prayed about this? Did we ask the Lord about this? And so we just, in a moment, we, we asked and agreed and asked the Lord for this. And I mean, I hadn't got it out of my mouth until I'm seeing it. And we started talking about it. Well, we're in a restaurant, I guess what it was. Excuse me, we wasn't in the car. We were in a restaurant. And, uh, and I just, in the middle of talking to her, I said, well, that's the answer right there, ain't it? Wow. I've seen that over and over again. When you ask him, if you'll be ready and watch, boom, it'll be right there. But so many times, folks are so focused on the problem until he gave them the answer. And they're going, yeah, but it's bad. It's bad. And I need help. And I need help. And if you won't receive it and you don't value it and you don't start to do it, you will stay in your mess. And, and, and people get to the point where they think, well, why won't God help me? He told you. You didn't appreciate it. You didn't value it. You didn't do anything with it. This is the case too many times. There's only one safe thing to do. Anybody know what it is? There's only one way to, to, to really be safe from getting in this state where you've already been given the answer and you think you don't have it. That's deception, isn't it? You think you still need something else. Now, that doesn't mean that's the end forever. If you'll humble yourself, the Lord can bring you back to something he showed you. And so many times people are doing this and go, oh, God, please help me. Oh, God, I just I need to see what it is that I need to do. But if you could just show me somehow. <laughs> I've prayed and I've talked to everybody and so and so prayed and they're fasting. And, oh, God, it's been so long and I'm so tired. And God, if you just please, why won't you talk to me, Master? Why won't you show me? You can go like this for year after year. And of course you get used to this being here. <laughs> right? <laughs> Please God help me. 
I need an answer. (laughs) And if by the grace of God you can humble yourself and say, oh God, if you've shown me already, have mercy on me. And I didn't do it and I didn't value it enough. Please, show me again. Have mercy on me. And he can open your eyes and you can go, huh? (laughs) This? This has been here for 30 years. (laughs) Exactly. We ought to do it right now. Everybody said it. Close your eyes and say it out loud. Father God. God, If you've shown me things. things, And I didn't pay attention to it. I didn't didn't treasure it. it. And most importantly. importantly, I didn't do it. I I asked for mercy. And for forgiveness. I judged that wrong. I should never. Ignore. Or fail to do. What you tell me to do. And in your mercy. I'm asking you please Lord. Show me again. Make it plain to me. Bring it back to me. Make it clear to me. And by your grace. I purpose to do it, to do what you show me, in Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Oh, I have a good witness about that. There's going to be some good things come out of that. Thank you, Master. Finish reading that. Verse 23, if any be a hearer of the word, not a doer, he's like a man beholding his natural face in a glass or a mirror, for he beholds himself and goes his way and straightway does what? Forgets what manner of man he was or forgets what he saw. He forgets what he saw. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. So you know he's talking more about you just glancing at your face in a mirror. Looking at the perfect law of liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. When He's talking to you, when He's manifesting you, His Word will set you free. Do you believe that? There's power in His Word to set you free from any bondage, any shackle, any habit, any any chain. There are those that have said, I can't get free, I can't get free. Oh, yes, you can. If you'll just do what the Lord told you to do, it'll start happening. But if you believe you can't, and you keep procrastinating and won't do what he said, well, it'll just go on and on and get worse and worse and worse. And people can blame God if they won't, but it's not his fault. He's faithful. I said he's faithful. And every time, somebody say every time. Every time anyone asks him in faith with a sincere heart, he answers. Every time. I said every time. Every time. In our passage we read, what did he say? Everyone that asks, receives. Everybody that seeks, finds. To everybody that knocks, it's open. Everybody, everybody, everybody. Everybody. So he's answering. I said he, he has answered and he is answering. And he will. When we need it, he's done it. And he'll do it. What's the real issue? The question. Are we listening? And are we doing what he told us to do? That's the issue. He's faithful. 
How many would agree and say God's faithful? He, he's not the problem. He hasn't been. He never will be your problem. You talk about, like, like my father in the faith used to say, Brother Hagin, ignorance gone to see. What does that mean? That's ignorance as bad as it can be. <laughs> ignorance gone to see is a man or woman in desperate circumstances yelling and blaspheming God whom they so desperate. He's their only help and their only hope and they're railing against him. That's ignorance gone to see. Because he never was the problem. I mean, let's have a little humility, at least. Instead of just blaming God, who's perfect, reckon it could be your fault. <laughs> huh? Instead of just jumping to the conclusion that God's at fault here. Verse 25, whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer. If you're not a forgetful hearer, what are you? You remembered what you heard. You remembered what he told you. You didn't forget it. You didn't let it slip. You didn't let it get away from you. You remembered it. And then you what? But a doer of the word, this man shall be what? Blessed. Blessed. Not cursed. Blessed. Not bound. Blessed. Not destroyed. Blessed. Blessed. Who's the blessed? Who's the victorious? The one that remembered and did. Now go back to Matthew 7, please. I'll tell you what. On your way there, stop by Matthew 21. You're going back to, you'll have to pass it to get to it. Stop at Matthew 21. Matthew 21 and about verse... uh, 28. Verse 28 of Matthew 21, Jesus said, What think ye? In other words, can you can you picture Jesus looking at you and saying, What do you think about this? <laughs> Tell me what you think. <laughs> A certain man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, you go work today in my vineyard. Verse 29. He answered and said, I ain't going. No. I will not. Now that's about as strong as you can say it, isn't it? I will not. I'm not going. Is he a doer? No. Not yet. (laughs) But afterward, he what? Repented. Do you know what repentance is? Repentance is changing. Repentance is doing a 180. Did you know you can come to the altar and cry for an hour and never repent? Did you know you could counsel with people twice a week for five years and explore all your feelings and and never repent? Did you know that? Did you know you could ask God to forgive you 50 times and never repent? How do we know he repented? Huh? How do we know he repented? His initial response was, I will not. But he repented and and went. He changed. Can you change? Can you change from being unwilling to being willing? 
Can you change from being rebellious and disobedient to being obedient? Can you change from being a not a doer to being a doer? He did. He did. He went. Verse 30. He came to the second, his second son. And he said, likewise, he said, uh, you go, go to the field and go to work for me. And he said, I go, sir. <laughs> I'm just so glad to go. Yes, sir. I'm going. And he what? Didn't go. <laughs> now, I don't know exactly what he was thinking when he didn't go. Maybe he was thinking he'd just uh, have some breakfast first on his way before he went. And he met some of his friends. <laughs> and they were going swimming. <laughs> huh? And he thought, well, you know, I'll do it tomorrow. Because <laughs> he's going. He's going. He's going, sir. <laughs> right? And so next morning he gets up bright and early because he's going. He's going. But a friend of his had an emergency. Girlfriend left him. And he was all tore up over it. <laughs> and so they decided they'd just ride motorcycles and take a day off. If you do that long enough, you know what will happen? You'll forget you were going to go. And that suits the devil just fine. You procrastinating and putting it off suits the devil just fine. It's as long as you're not going to do it today. It's fine. The devil's fine with you doing it tomorrow. Because you've never done anything tomorrow. And you never will. The only thing you've ever done, you did it when it was today. You keep putting something off long enough, you will lose mindfulness of it. Won't you? And you'll forget what you heard and forget what you said and forget your commitment and life keeps going and you're busy with this and busy with that. And what is the very real danger here? What happens when you don't do? You get deceived, self-deceived. Now things are not working right for you. The father had planned that you go to his field and you do this. And there were going to be some things that happened after that that dovetailed with his plan. And it was going to give him a right to protect you from this and to do this for you as a reward. But now that you haven't done that, you are missing connections. You are missing predestined dates. Are you hearing me, friends? It is dangerous to not do what he says. Do you believe he's always got your best interest at heart and mind? He's always looking out for you. Do you believe that? Yes, sir. Then why 
Is it such an issue of folks not doing? Because it is. Why is it such a big deal? Go back with me to Matthew 7 again, please. Uh, i tell you what do. Hold Matthew 7. Go to Romans 4. And after Romans 4, we'll go to Hebrews 11. And after that, we'll be led. Romans 4 and verse 12, it refers to Abraham as the father of circumcision. And not just to those who are of the circumcision only, but also those who walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. Now this chapter winds up talking about Abraham being our father. And worse being his children, Galatians 3 talks about this. He is a premier example of faith. And it says, we, are, we just like him, we walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham. Everybody say steps of faith. Steps. Say it again, steps, steps of faith. God leads in steps. And the response is to take the step. But what does it take to take a step like this? It's a step of faith. Without turning there, Romans 16.26 refers to the obedience of faith. The obedience of faith. Why, if it's so important, are so many Christians not obeying and not, not doing what he says to do? If it's the key to miracles, I mean, what did Jesus' mother tell them at the, uh, the wedding feast? Whatever he says to you, do it. Why do people have such a problem with it? Because it requires faith. Abraham's an example of this. In Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11, 8, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should have to receive for an inheritance, what did he do? What did he do? He obeyed. So he was a doer of the word. He obeyed and he went out not knowing where he went. How do you do that? Only one way. By faith. God leads in steps. Steps that require faith. He does not show you and I the whole picture. You'll come to him and say, God, I need this. And he'll say, take that step. And again and again, you'll look at it and go, what has that got to do with this? I need this. I need money to pay off my bills, and you telling me go get some pots? I, I'm terribly sick with this leprosy, and you telling me go dip in the river? 
I'm blind, Jesus. You want me to go wash my face in the pool? And people who question in unbelief are those who won't act, are those who won't get miracles. With God, you must have an unquestioning faith. I said with God. I didn't say with everybody else. You shouldn't just trust everybody else unquestioningly. But with God, you should have an unquestioning faith. Whatever he says, you do not have to understand. You do not have to have a clue. Why, wherefore, where it's going, what it's leading to. Just do it. it. Now I know that's simple. But you got flesh. And you got a head. And so many are like that son that that said, I ain't doing it. I'm not going. But there's hope. I said there's hope. Because he repented. And went. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, I, I, I was impressed by how many times Jesus basically told people to get up and go. <laughs> I don't mean once or twice. Over and over again. I mean, arise is the same as get up. Right? right? But go. He told people to go right, left, front, and center. Go. Get up. Go. Go. They'd say, I got this problem. He'd say, go. God, I need this. Go. Go do this. Go do that. Go. Go. God, I got to pay my taxes. Go fish. (laughs) And a lot of folks that normally would have no problem going fishing, at that point, get in their head and go... Did he not understand what I said? We got a problem here, Lord. Taxes are due. And they're knocking on my door. And I don't have the money to pay it. And this is serious. Yeah. Serious disobedience. Serious unbelief. Well, I just don't understand. You don't have to understand. If you're going to believe, you don't have to understand. If you have to understand, you're refusing to believe. Well, I'm not going to do that, and I don't know why. We'll do without. Figure it out on your own. He requires this of us. Have you found this about him yet or not? Faith pleases him. He requires it. And, and, And if we could just see it in the right light. You know what I thought of when I was meditating on this today? The Karate Kid. <laughs> Anybody remember the Karate Kid? Mr. What's his name? Miyagi. And Daniel-san. <laughs> Daniel-san wanted to learn karate. He got a problem. He's getting beat up all the time. He needs to learn karate. He wants to learn karate. And he found this guy to teach him karate. Finally talked him into it. 
He what he tied the little bandana around his head. He said, I'm going to teach you and you're going to be the student. This was how he started out. Let me see if I can get it right. Miyagi say, Daniel son, do. So he's ready. What was his first thing? You all know it. What was it? <laughs> see? The wax off. The wax off. No, 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 no. Wax off. Wax off. And what did he think? What has this got to do with learning karate? <laughs> I just got nothing to do. This guy's tricking me. He's just tricking me into cleaning up all his cars. <laughs> so after weeks of that, what happened? Anybody remember what happened next? Huh? <laughs> you paint the fence. Huh? Bend the wrist, right? Up, down. Long strokes. What's that got to do with learning karate? Listen, friends. A master teacher can and will teach you things you don't understand. If you understood them all, you wouldn't need a teacher. And a master, how, how is a, uh, are you going to be taught something you don't understand? If you don't understand it, how are you going to be taught it? A master teacher will teach you things you don't understand in small steps you can do now. Later on, you'll start putting it together. But you know what it requires? It requires faith. That they know what they're talking about. They're not taking advantage of me. They're not leading me the wrong way. I will understand this better by and by. But for now, all I need to know is that he said do it. All I need to know is he said do it. And if you can get it settled in your heart and mind, an unquestioning faith, that when the Lord tells you to do something, you just don't try to figure it out, don't try to reason it out, don't argue, don't give nine reasons why you can't or why this or that. Just, just, just do it immediately and with a good heart. You are about to enter into a miraculous life. Phyllis and I have touched a little bit of this already in our, in our years of, of we're learning. I, I wouldn't tell you we've always done this perfectly, but there have been times that he told us, and we didn't know why, we didn't know how, but we just did it. And oh, 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 you take that step, and this starts happening, and this comes, and this comes, this starts happening, this opens up. You begin to say, oh, I see why you wanted me to do that. Oh, Lord, Lord, this is some kind of good. And you had no clue, no idea. I, there had been people that tried to give the credit to me and Phyllis and go, man, y'all had a plan. Y'all had a vision. No, we didn't. We didn't know what we were doing. Uh, we didn't know. We just wax on. <laughs> That's the truth. That's what we're doing. 
It's just, just doing what he said. Take a step. He, he gets all the glory. And that's not trying to be humble. That's just truth. That's the way it is. It's the truth. A master teacher can teach you things you don't understand. By simple steps you can do now. That'll lead you into that. And when God calls us his little children. It's not a figure of speech. It's not. We are his little bitty baby guys. We are. Compared to him. We are. And did you know that. Two year olds and three year olds can ask you questions. That you just can't explain to them. Why? How come? You could spend two hours explaining to them and telling them, and they'd be more confused when you got through. Because they just, they have no point of reference. They don't have enough experience or enough knowledge or understanding to know what you're, you're saying. And, and what is entirely appropriate that has been deemed incorrect by so-called child-rearing experts is to tell a child, because I said so. Amen. That's right. <laughs> and that's all you need to know right now. And there's all kind of so-called child-rearing experts that say, oh, no, 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 no. You should never tell a child that because, because, because what? That is a godless view. You watch again and again. These people, a lot of them don't even believe in God. If they do, they don't believe in the Word. They don't believe in Jesus. Why should you let them tell you how to rear your children? That's right. And you're training them wrongly because God will require them for the rest of their lives to do things every day just because he said so. Amen. With no explanation. Yes. <laughs> and if they're not trained with you a little bit, they're not ready for that. See, we live in an intellectual, reasoning, questioning generation. They're taught to question everything. And it's good to have curiosity and want to learn and want to understand. But when God tells you to do something, it's not time for you to ask him 20 questions and see if you can figure it out and you can get comfortable in doing it. Because that's no faith at all. Abraham, he says, I want you to leave this and go where I'm going to show you. You know what Abraham said? Yes, sir. We'll pack up right away. Does he know where he's going? No, he doesn't know north, south, east, or west. The Lord gave him enough, you know, direction to head out when the time came. When it was time for him to offer up his son Isaac. Remember how that happened? He told him. You know what happened? Early the next morning, the man's heading up the side of the mountain. This is why he's in the book. Why God called him his friend. And he's your father in the faith. And you got the same faith. He had in him. And you take steps of faith just like he did. I know the same thing happened to me in the martial arts. Back when I was a boy, my dad put me in a school of martial arts, old school. Uh, Teachers from Okinawa uh, back years ago. They didn't teach me how to kick or punch. They taught me how to sit in an imaginary chair. (laughs) Yeah. Knees bent, you know. You're like this right here. And your legs would shake and tremble and quake. And you think, what in the world has this got to do with anything? It's building up your legs for what comes next. And then do this and then do that and do the other. Do the other. Do the other. 
Sit cross-legged. Don't let your shoulders touch the wall. Little things that people would think cruel and unusual punishment nowadays. <laughs> Slide your feet up and down the concrete floors till there were blisters, and then your blisters had blisters, but then they became calluses. And things changed. And sometimes it's months, and sometimes it's years before things start clicking. And you think, oh, I see why. Well, now I'm ready for this. If I hadn't done that, wouldn't be able to do this now. Flying. I saw it again when I got into flying. Want to learn how to fly? Read this book. Huh? Get this picture of the horizon in your mind. I want to fly high and fast. Let's throw the throttles up. See what this thing will do. Get this picture in your mind. See the horizon? Get a picture of what the horizon is supposed to be. The horizon? We're talking compass and horizon and I want to fly airplanes. And then when you start flying it, airplanes move in all directions. Up, down, bank, bank. Y'all, they're moving. And, you know, you're riding in a commercial and all, it seems so nice and smooth. That's because the autopilot is doing all these minute adjustments continuously. It's amazing. But you get the stick in your hand, especially in a little airplane on a bumpy day, and you're not used to it, you are all over the sky, man. You are, whoa, you're like, and you're thinking, whoa, whoa, you know. And, and everybody that I know has done the same thing. The instructor is saying, trim the airplane and small corrections. You're like, this thing won't do what I'm telling it to do. Trim the airplane. What good will I do? Am I trying to fly this thing? Oh, here it goes. Oh, there it goes. Ooh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, your stomach's feeling funny and pity the passenger that's in the back. They're changing colors by now. Quit fighting it. Trim the airplane to where it'll fly hands off. I can't turn loose with this thing. It'll dive into the ground and crash. Trim it to where you can take your hands off of it. And small, small adjustments. And of course, you know, you're all worked up. You're squeezing this thing. And, and they said, no, no, hold it like a rotten banana. Huh? Rotten banana. Relax your grip. And every time it moves, you want to grab it again. And it goes this way. And so you, you're overcompensating all the time. I mean, it moves this way and you throw it way over here. It moves that way and you throw it. And you, if you won't listen to instructions, it'll be so hard for you. Well, I'm having trouble with my landings. No, no, it's your approach. <laughs> Started 20 miles before you got to the airport. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just, my landings are, no, it's not your landings. It's, if the approach is right, it just flows right into it. But see, if you don't understand that, and you have to understand everything before you're going to do it, how can somebody teach you something you don't understand? Right. You're, you're walking by sight, and refuse to walk by faith. And this just doesn't cut it with God. He'll say do this. And again and again you will not know why. You will not understand it. And you can beg him all you, you want to. He will not explain it to you. On purpose. Because <laughs> you know all you need to know if you're going to walk by faith. Yes. Just do it. Pick up the phone and call them. Go to work there. Do this. Do that. 
why? I got this, I got that. If you've heard from the Lord, none of this other stuff matters. What about the kids? And what about this? What about if you've heard from the Lord? He already knows about all that. Right? Can you trust him, saints? Can you trust him? Go back to Matthew 7, please. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can you see this in in Jesus' ministry and what he did? Did he tell people things that didn't maybe make sense to their minds? Didn't seem to... The, the, the lepers, go show yourself to the priest. Why? They're not healed. Shouldn't go show yourself to the priest unless you're healed. But as they went, they were cleansed. Somebody say, as they went. He was, well, I need help. If, if I had it fixed, then I could do that and I'll do what he said. Well, I can't do that until I get that. Do what he said. But I... I but I need this. I've got to have this before I can do this. No, you're refusing to walk by faith. You're demanding that you have to understand and have to walk by sight. And it's the nature of every one of our flesh. And the nature of the unrenewed mind. But it's a choice. I said it's a choice. Can you trust him? Can you trust him? Can you trust him? So if he says, wax on, (laughs) then brother, you just wax on, huh? And you don't have to have a clue why. And just enjoy yourself waxing on. Just enjoy it. Enjoy it. People say, why are we waxing on? I don't know. Lord said, wax on. Why are we doing this? Because he said, Phyllis and I looked at each other and said, why are we coming to Branson? What are we doing in Branson? We had to take that step. We didn't have a clue that he's talking about a church. That came later. Thing after thing after thing. Just go do it. I, you know, we're able to fly the, the plane now back and forth, and it just makes all the difference. I don't know how you'd do it without the tool. And it started off by me getting a prompting that I should go in this place I'd never been in, on the airport, and just ask them about flying. And the Lord supernaturally hooked me up with two guys and, and, and they took me under their wing and started my lessons immediately and were able to move me along at the pace that I needed to and we flew in the real world not just around the patch I mean we, we jumped in a little plane went to California we, we went places saw things and if, it, if I hadn't moved at that pace I wouldn't have been ready for the next thing all I did was walk in the building I'd never been there didn't know them had a prompting go in there I said hi they said hey I said, y'all give lessons around this? I said, well, not really. <laughs> oh, who are you? What you doing? I sat down, talked with them, chatted. Next thing you know, one of them said, I'll start him. Wow. Took me over the airplane. You ready to do this? I thought, yeah, I guess so. I figured they're going, you're going to do this or that. And they said, okay, get in the plane. Huh? Wow. Yeah, you get over there. And, and they gave me some real world instruction. And what I needed, because I wasn't just going to do this, you know, uh, leisurely. I was, was going to do this for real at a high level. And they helped me. But it started out with what? Go in there. God uses that word a lot. Go. 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 <laughs> go in there. Get your bed. Go to the house. Go show yourself to the priest. 
go wash in the pool of Siloam. Go, 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 go. When the Lord says go, don't sit and cry. <laughs> right? When the Lord says go, don't make an appointment to get some counseling. When the Lord says go, don't say, well, I need to talk to somebody about it. No, you need to go, go, go. Tell your neighbor, tell them out, say go, go, go. So what you need to do is go, go. Let's not leave the building at this moment. We're not talking about that. (laughs) Matthew 7. These are the words of the master. They are completely true and reliable trustworthy. Jesus said, verse 24, Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and what? Does them. I liken him to a man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came. Did the Lord tell you that there would never be any problems? No. There was rain, there was floods, there were winds, right? And this happened to a man who's doing what the Lord told him to do. Did the Lord promise you there'd never be any wind and rain and challenges? No, he didn't. He didn't tell you that. It beat on the house. But what? It Fell not. Why? Because it was founded on the rock. Now in this story, what is the rock? People say Jesus. And I say not completely. Yes, Jesus. Yes, the word. But the rock refers to doing the word. The man on the rock is the man who did the word. Who did it. It fell not. Everyone that hears these sayings of mine and what? Now let's just stop right here. This man was in the same service. He heard the same message. Didn't he? He knew the same truths. He got the same instructions. Didn't he? But for some reason, what? He didn't do it. There's a thousand and one and ten thousand and one reasons why people don't. Sometimes it's just procrastination. Sometimes it's reasoning. Some, there's a list of why you can't. Well, yeah, I, I know the Lord told me to do that, but, you know, the kids have got this, and mom and them are not doing good, and, and, and over to job you got this, and over you got, and, and, and maybe when we get this and when we get that, and you watch, uh, when that gets fixed, there'll be something else. The enemy will see to it. And if you will let something keep you from doing what he told you to do, there will always be something. Always. Now, next year, 10 years, 50 years. For whatever reasons, he didn't do it. What happened to him? Same thing that happened to the other guy. Same thing. Rain descended. Floods came, winds blew. Same thing happened to both of them, didn't it? Same thing. People say, well, that's not fair. I mean, that guy, he was totally destroyed. And that guy came out without a scratch. 
That's not fair. Why would God destroy that guy and save that guy? Wasn't his choice. It was the guy's choice that did it, the guy's choice not to do it. Same thing was available to both. Same problems were occurring to both. It beat on that house, and what happened? It fell. Why did it fall? Why did they collapse? Why did they not make it? Because they, they weren't doing what he said to do. And great was the fall. It was a, a failure and a complete destruction. Great was the fall of it. Anybody know the solution to this? Whatever he says to you. Don't ask him 90 questions. Don't try to figure it all out. An unquestioning, trusting faith. Why don't you stand up right now and let's just tell the Lord that we do trust him. Just close your eyes, lift up your hand. Say it out loud, Lord. I don't have to understand. I don't have to see it. Figure it out. I do trust you. You've never let me down. You've never led me astray. I have confidence in you that you never will. I trust you. Oh, hallelujah. Just lift up your hands, lift up your hearts, your voices. Tell him you'll follow him anywhere. Tell him you'll do whatever he says. Anything you say, Lord, whatever you say. All I need to know is that it's you. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.